good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to the 99th episode of the Black Ink Podcast. Now, if you've watched all 98 before this, I'd like to thank you. And if you haven't, I need you to go back and watch them after this podcast, all right? Because, hey, your boy's putting in the effort, right? I'm doing all this for you. And look, I want to give you a little update on Black Ink. Everything is fucking just smoothing along, smoothing, sailing along so smooth. Like, dude, you want to hear some cool shit this morning? Oh, I had to start with a big mouthful, you know? This morning, we uh, had some fun cutting out some heat transferable vinyl and applying it to some shorts. Now, it's super fun because I was actually reading, because I read every morning because I'm intellectual, you know? And I was reading Pablo and Me, which is a book, an autobiography written by Pablo Escobar's wife, kind of recounting all of the crazy years of her life, well, basically from when she met Pablo right up until when she wrote the book. And it's a really great book. Not really the words that interest me. There's a picture in there of Pablo and Victoria's daughter, uh, Manuela, dancing. And she's wearing this cool little uh, pair of pink shorts that had this interesting kind of design on the side. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. I like the way it's kind of placed. So I thought, let's make it in black and white and see if it works. Sure enough, I created the design on Photoshop. I carried across, made a little bit of a digital mock-up. I was putting stories on my Instagram the whole way. And like people kind of like even pointing the picture out in the book and saying like, oh, this is the pair of shorts that I like. And then it was me designing it and then me printing it with uh, just a vinyl sticker, sticking it on the short so you can actually see what it's going to look like. And then cutting the heat transferable vinyl, uh, weeding that and then heat applying it to the shorts and then actually having like a finished pair of shorts that are, you know, they're they're, they're brilliant quality. I can sell them to a customer and know that designs, you know, that vinyl isn't going to come off sort of thing. So, Super exciting because I've never, from start to finish, like, you know, creating the design all the way through to actually making it, I've never executed the entire process with vinyl. I've done it with screen printing before, and obviously, uh, I'd sold my screen printer last week, which we're going to touch on a little bit later on. But the process of doing something with vinyl from start to finish is super fun. And to be honest with you, like, at the moment, I get all of my transfers, which are the vinyl cutout things that you see me applying with the heat press. I get those from a I get those from a business over in Queensland. Now, will I start doing all on my own now that I've figured out how to do it? Absolutely not. Okay, this is like for what you pay, you're getting an excellent product from these guys, and to know that every single transfer is going to be bang on. Then at the moment, while I'm a one man operation and I do do everything myself, it's still more economically viable to pay them to create these transfers, send them over to me and that way they're good to go. They're full color. I know that all of them are going to be exactly as I order them. And then if I want to get them again, it's not a stress at all either. My limitations due to the amount of skill that I have at the moment uh, is I can only do one color. I can only do, I've only got a sample um, run of vinyl. So I've only got about a meter or a meter and a half of it by about 40 centimeters. So obviously that's going to run out and then I have to buy more vinyl. Um, So my limitations are my skill and my physical equipment. But as with anything, you have to start small and then let yourself grow. So this is great that I now know that I can physically do it because I've carried out the task. I've kind of mapped out in my head for weeks now how I'd go about it, what I want to try on. Um, and sort of a, a way to do it. But it wasn't until I had, I came across that picture. I actually saw it yesterday for the first time and I was like, ooh, I like those shorts. I like the color. I like how it, how it kind of flows with the design. And then this morning I thought, fuck it, let's just do it. So it's kind of cool to have that out of the way and just know that I have the equipment and I have the know-how how to do that. And like, without getting, I, I know that there's going to be probably a good 
a good portion of the people listening to this right now thinking like, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Heat transferable vinyl and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. I get that. So I'm going to be real quick. <clears throat> um, I had to use Photoshop and then Illustrator and then VersaWorks. You know, I literally had to design the thing and then create it into a shape that I can cut using the vinyl cutter and printer and then upload it into that software so that the vinyl cutter and printer understands what it's saying. And then, you know, obviously physically have it done, do all the weeding. And then I'm just, you know, no one taught me any of this. <laughs> no one came around and said like, oh, here's how to do it. It's literally just fucking YouTube asking questions and trial and error. So super cool. To be honest, to be very honest, I mean, you know what? This one time, this one time interesting story, and it's not to do with anything. It's just a fucking interesting story. Hey, Louie, how's about shutting the fuck up? I know you can, no, 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 no. I know you can hear a Harley, but I'm here. I am here. Puppy, hey, you're a good girl. Come here, please. I know, no, 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 I'm recording a podcast. Puppy, puppy, come on. Yeah, I know, you're a good girl, come here. That's not me, I'm me. Hey, good girl, come on. So this one time, my grandma has a heart attack, right? So we have to go over and look after her. They live over in Victoria. So I end up going over and living in Victoria and I'm going to school there for a little bit because, you know, she needed to be looked after for a while. So I go to school there and I remember this one time, oh dude, I even forget. I think it might've been my auntie bought me like a, a pocket knife from the two buck shop or something. I remember we're all out, me and my cousins or my cousins and I, sorry, were out at the two buck shop or the reject shop and there were these little red uh, pocket knives in there. I said, I want this pocket knife. And my auntie's like, oh, I don't know. You know, maybe not a great idea. I was like, no, 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 I want the pocket knife. They said, okay, we'll get you the pocket knife, but we've got to dull the edge on it. And I'm in like year four or something, year five, maybe. Um, let me think. We're living in Port Hedland. So I would have been, hey, still no fucking idea. I don't know why I went to the location, but I was young. I was young. I was, I was under 10 years old, put it that way. So was I under 10 years old? Yeah, I was under 10 years old. So I've got this knife. They've blunted the edge of it, right? And it had like all the other shit on there. It's like a Swiss Army knife. It's got like a bottle opener and a fucking screwdriver and, you know, all the other shit you're not going to use as an under 10-year-old. You know, I want this for the knife part of it because it's cool, right? Because I'm a boy and it's a knife and knives are cool. I don't know. Still now to this day, I buy knives unnecessarily because you can never, for some reason, have enough sharp objects in, in your possession, you know? So, dude, oh no. So... I get this knife and I, and for whatever reason, I remember my grandma being like, you can't have this fucking knife. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weapon, you know, and you're, you're a child. So that's when they really like dulled it right down. So this knife was like, you know, it's essentially just a piece of metal that retracts into or swings around into a piece of plastic at this point. So I'm just kind of making sure you understand that it wasn't in any way more dangerous than like a very rigid stick. Okay. With a pointy end on the end of it. Like it was just, and it doesn't matter because the story is just fucking, it is what it is. So I take this knife to school and I remember I had my couple little friends and like, I've always been very quick at making friends because we moved around so often. Like literally I moved, I think we counted up the other day. We moved like 13 and a half thousand times before I was 10 years old. Okay. We were literally moving sometimes every 45 seconds. We would change towns where we're living. Okay. And that's apparently just, well, it's funny now because I look back at it and obviously, you know, as an adult, you're like, that's not normal. But then when you're doing it, you're like, yeah, dude, we're going to move again. Of course, we're going to move again. You know, 
And it was actually because I was Australia's, uh, Australia's youngest uh, criminal on the run. And unfortunately, you know, it was a hard life I put my parents through, but, you know, we would have to keep moving because everywhere we went, I would just, you know, I would be done for tax fraud. I remember when I was six, I got done for tax fraud and we'd have to move town again because, you know, obviously the local authorities, no, that's not the case. My dad managed a transport yard and he was a very effective manager. So basically what the company would do is move us all around as a family. Dad worked as the manager, mum worked as the office girl. And, you know, I would obviously be in charge of the rest of operations being a, you know, a very fucking, I'm going to stop tooting my own horn here. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so we would move around a lot, which meant that I was very good at making friends. Now, we must have been probably a month into being at this school and I wasn't there a great amount of time in total. So it's not like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't even fucking matter, but it must have been maybe three weeks a month and I've got this fucking pocket knife and I've gone to school and I got my friends around and like recess or whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, come around here. Gone around the, the playground. I pulled out my pocket knife. I'm like, yeah, we're going to start a gang, right? And anybody who's in the gang gets a pocket knife. And that's how you know you're in the gang because, you know, obviously we're all going to have the same pocket knife. And just immediately, like one of them just gave that vibe that he was going to bitch, you know, and you, you can just tell when you're starting a gang at that age, there's like a, a fourth sense that you develop where you can just pick, oh, he's going to fucking rat. I can see it. I can see it the way he's getting nervous and looking around and shit. Like if you're in the gang, you're all in brother. Hey, hey. I'm only asking you because I thought you had the shit that it took to be part of this gang. But no, a little bit of piss, you know, leaked out of him and he was planning what he was going to say to the teacher. So I knew I had to come up with something, right? So recess is over and I've taken my time. Now, what did I do with that spare time? Great question. Thanks for asking. I put that knife in my lunchbox, but you see my lunchbox is one of those, you know, where it's like kind of half hard, half soft, where it's like it's... I mean, as a kid, you fucking picture things weird. I guess now I realize it was just a plastic lunchbox that had that insulative shit around it and the lid that came over the top might've been a smash one. You know, the smash ones you used to get from like the brand was smash and it was blue and you get used to get them from fucking, doesn't matter where you got them from. I had a lunchbox, okay? And it had a zip on the top of it. And in that zip, it would be enough space to, it was like a coin purse. You know, you could put, you could put maybe, I mean, if you really tried, you could probably fit about 40 bucks and $2 coins in there. It was about that big, right? But even in there was insulated. So maybe like, I don't know why it would be insulated that part. It's like, what am I going to put in there? A fucking slice of apple or something? <laughs> oh man. So me, IQ of about 69, put that pocket knife in there. And anyway, I go back to the class and of course, this kid's like, I'm pretty sure he was crying when he was telling the teacher, like, how much of a pussy are you when you didn't even do anything? And realistically, the dude that you're telling on didn't even do anything. You're just getting your rocks off by telling. You know what I mean? Like, literally, think about that. There are people out there who who go and maliciously tell someone who's in a position of power or authority or whatever, like, oh, this person's doing this thing, not because they're making society a better place, but because they want to hear the sound of their own voice. They're just born dickheads. They can't help it. On their resume, before they even write their name, they write dickhead, comma, last name, first name, because 
dickheads, right? So he's up there, he's crying, he's pissing his pants, he's, oh, Jake's got a pocket knife and he's going to start a gang. So the teacher, of course, brings me over and she's like, hey, Jake, any chance you're uh, starting a gang? And I was like, uh, no, no. And it's funny because, you know, that day, it's interesting. Oh, dude, not even part of the story. But later that day, we learned how to draw this, this like, they gave us like, you know, a blank piece of A4 paper. And they're like, right, follow these instructions. Like, you know, put a straight line across it and then put two lines like this from that straight line and then do a like half semicircle here. And you're following along, you know, like he'd be doing it on the board and you're like, right, mm-hmm. And they'll like do the semicircle, and you're like, oh yeah, mm hmm. You know, do this, you know, like, mm hmm. They're like, right, now draw this sort of thing, you're like, mm hmm. And like, you literally get 60, 70% of the way through the picture, and you still have no fucking idea what it is. And then the teacher just goes, now, right, everyone can do this last bit however they want, but this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go, and adds in like another, probably like, you know, 100% of what he did. He added like another 100% again of detail in, and then you realize. It's a beautiful, like, old outback road leading off into the into the horizon with a tree next to it and shit. And I was just like, what sort of fucking witchcraft is this? And you know, we're talking, like, close to 20 years later, I still remember how to draw that. Like, still perfectly, right? Anyway, back to the story. So I'm like, no, I'm not starting a gang. No, I don't have a pocket knife. And then he's like, he's got to, like, it's got to be on him. You know, like, he's got to have the pocket knife. Like, I'm telling you, he's got a pocket knife. And of course, this is primary school. We don't have lockers and shit, you know. We probably shouldn't even be smart enough to be thinking ahead that if you did have a pocket knife, you should be hiding it, you know. We're probably not even old enough to have pocket knives, you know. My, my grandma and my auntie probably had a great point. Okay, in reflection, you know, hindsight being 2020, 20 years later, I probably shouldn't have had the pocket knife. But the teacher goes, you know what? To the little pussy, you're right. If he's got a pocket knife, surely the pocket knife will be somewhere on him, right? So teacher's like, do you want to show me what's in your pockets? And I was like, yeah, not fucking, you know, at this point, I'm like, dude, I'm not getting caught. It's in my bag. You know, are you fucking stupid? I'm not going to keep a knife on me. You know what I mean? I'm going to leave that until I'm an, an, an adult and then pointlessly carry a knife around in my left pocket everywhere I go, anytime I leave the house, never once using it just so I have some sense of false security. Even though if something did happen, I'd have no fucking idea how to use it. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't execute the actual action of stabbing someone because I'm too much of a bitch. You understand? So I pull my pockets out and I'm like, see? No knife. No knife. No gang. No knife. Right? And she's like, all right, do you want to go grab your bag for me? And then the turtle came to play. You understand? I was like, might be in a spot of strife here. I'm going to hope for the best. So I get my bag. And this is the thing. This is the thing, dude. Hey, can I tell you something? Act confident until you get caught. And even when you get caught, keep acting confident. Keep acting like, not even that you're surprised. Just as that's part of the narrative. You know? Just like, oh... The, you know, in this case, it's a knife. You go, oh, the knife, you know, like, hmm. If I was to start a gang, I know what the name would be. We would be the Swiss Army Knife Gang, right? All part of the narrative. Just play it on, baby. See how it runs. So they, I, I get my bag. I'm like, look, see, I open it up. And of course, in primary school, what do you got in your bag? You got a lunchbox. You got... 
you know, a couple of bullshit things that you probably didn't need to bring from home, but you did anyway. Maybe some show and tell stuff, a couple of books and that. Like, what are you taking to school as a primary school student fucking 20 years ago? Let's be honest. So she's like, radio. She gets my lunchbox out. She opens it up. You know, of course, there's whatever bullshit is left over for lunch. She puts the lunchbox to one side. She continues rummaging through the bag. There's coins and condoms and, you know, like nudie mags and shit in there. She's like, I don't see anything wrong here. Turns back to the pussy and she's like, looks like we got a liar, huh? <laughs> she didn't say that. Can you imagine how gangster that would be? If your primary school's teacher just looked at you and said, looks like we got a liar. And you know what? That's probably what we need more of. Okay? That's probably what society actually needs is calling people out on their shit from a young age. Because how many times do you go to a restaurant and there's some piece of shit kid running around and you can see the fucking parents not paying any attention to that kid? That kid needs to be pulled into line because obviously these fuckheads spend too much time on Facebook and Instagram not parenting their fucking child, putting an iPad in their lap while they're in the pram in public. That someone else needs to step up and go, hey, looks like we got a liar on our hands. Right? And man, this is the thing about being a human. You go like, oh, no, you're going to hurt his feelings. You're going to give him trauma. Hey, guess what? Humans take trauma to fucking learn. Right? Tell me something. What do you remember more? When someone was nice to you or when someone was mean to you? Hmm? People forget what you said and what you did. They remember how you made them feel. Okay? And trust me, you're going to teach someone a lesson a whole lot quicker and more effectively with hate than love. Okay. Oh, oh you know, maybe, maybe you imagine that you saw a, 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 a knife in his bag or maybe he was just pretending with something else or, you know, like, no, you're a fucking liar. I mean, in this case, the kid wasn't lying. He was telling the truth, but... <laughs> You know, an eye for an eye. He was being a bitch. So yeah, in this case, you're a liar. The word's a little bit wrong, but you're a liar. You're a bitch. Who cares? Right? And here's me. Here's me. Just thankful that I played it cool. You know? Because, hey, do you think they're going to go easy on you if you admit that you brought a knife to school or if you admitted that you wanted to start a gang? Fuck no. Fuck no. You know what happens? You beg for forgiveness. Never ask for permission. Okay? And when the teacher finds a knife, you go, hey, 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 come here, come here. And when she gets real close, you say, you know, you can be part of the gang too. Just look the other way. Okay? I actually need someone in your position in the gang. We're going to be doing a few things later on. I need someone, I need someone who's got a little bit of an in with the parent teachers, if you understand. So look, I'm just saying, if you're interested in pocket knives, if you're interested in schoolyard gangs, maybe just look the other way on this one. But I didn't have to have that conversation. Why? I was a step ahead, okay? Young child, baby Jake, little infant Jake, he was a step ahead. Mm -hmm. The teacher didn't even realize. She didn't realize that the knife had passed through her hand, okay? You might think you're the teacher, but me, I'm the educator, okay? And now you've got... Your first target for the gang to take out, okay? This little bitch, right? Because don't forget, everyone's still getting a fucking knife and we're coming back. I'm joking, by the way. This is some fucking primary, some primary school bullshit. And you know what I did? After I didn't get caught, you know what I did at lunchtime? I fucking threw the knife away. Because I flew 
so close to the sun and didn't even get a fucking tan while I was there that I was like, you know what? I know what that is now. And I don't need a fucking tan. I don't need to fly close to the sun. I've done this shit now. And that's exactly how the fuck I feel about heat transferring vinyl onto shorts is now I know I can do it. Well, not the greatest analogy because obviously I threw the knife away. But let's say metaphorically right now, I'm going to buy a heap more fucking knives and start a gang because... I can make shit using heat transferable vinyl in my own studio. I can design it, I can apply it, I can wear it, model it, sell it, bang, we're going Sizzler, you know? Well, actually, we're going Nando's. Nando's is crazy, man. You actually pay a little bit more than everywhere else. Let me get my breath, man. That story gets me going, you know? I was actually thinking, the only reason that I even thought about that story is because... I wanted to tell a story from my childhood to, it was someone the other day, and I realized that I didn't have all the meat and gravy of the story, and I was like, do I actually know any full stories from when I was a child, or have I just fucking filled up all of those gaps with black ink information, you know? Like, I honestly have to learn so much and take on so much information that's all kind of symbiotic and works together, so you have to remember everything that, like, piece by piece... My childhood just gets further away and the, and the memory gets grainier and grainier and you lose those chunks. And then I remember this story the other day and I was laughing, dude, I was laughing so hard at the thought of that teacher literally fucking having the knife in her hand in that lunchbox and when she put it down, she's like, no, it all looks good. You know, what a devious little fuck. What sort of kid is taking a knife to school? Also, by the way, I had no ill intention. You know what I mean? I don't even go fishing now as an adult because I feel bad for the fish. You know what? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, I'm going to drag you to the surface. Can you imagine a hook going through your face, right? <laughs> and then being pulled by that hook into the ocean until you're played with by other creatures until you eventually drown. And hopefully they wait until you're dead before they pull the hook out of the mouth. But most of the time they don't. They just rip the cunt out. I'll push it back through or they'll fucking jiggle it around or something. Dude, fucking horrible. So no, I wasn't going to, you know, commit any crazy crimes using the knife. I think, you know, now I, I wonder, now that I've said it out loud, like I was probably, I don't even know the gang thing. I think I just, you know, wanted to do something cool. You know, I wanted to create something for, oh my God, it's black ink. I was trying to create black ink. I didn't realize I had a great product. I had a great idea and I was trying to build community. Dude, it looks like I set this all up. I just realized that on camera. I fucking, oh my God. Dude, this has always been going on. This has always been, I've always been trying to fucking, nah, it's whatever, man. Hey, I don't even need to say it. All right? I don't, hey, don't even need to say it because you get it. You get what I'm saying? I got fucking chest pains, you know? But yeah, dude, I sold the screen printer last week, which was just a, it was a barrage of emotion. It was just something that I really had to, A, I was like, sweet, I need the room, I need the money. I need to fucking, I see it as almost like uh, an indicator of like where Black Ink is at. I think if you go back and read, sorry, not read, watch some of the podcasts, I think I'm selling my screen printer was like late 80s, early 90s, which means it was a good two, three months ago that I first had the idea of selling it. And from having the idea to taking the photos to advertising to actually getting it sold and having the money in my hand was you know two three months so there was a lot of time to process it and when i when you when i first had the idea like i was hot to sell it 
Like if someone came in that day and said, here's the money for it, I would have been like, yeah, fucking oath. But I mean, like just having the photos in between taking the photos and advertising, it was like two weeks because I was like, oh, are you sure? Is there any last projects you want to do? You know, it was a, it was a first big piece of equipment that we bought for Black Ink. It was the first thing that was like, I'm taking this shit seriously. I'm making a step forward. It's kind of sad to sell it, you know, and it's like a nice big manual piece of equipment that's never going to lose its integrity. It's never going to need a software update. You can keep it forever. And even if you never use it, it's just a cool piece of equipment to have as a, as a garment decorator. Nonetheless, I got it ready. I uh, cleaned all of my old designs off the screens, which I put in my story. I'm sure you've seen. And, you know, I got everything in the best possible working condition so the next owner could basically just pick up exactly where I left off. And I did sell it as a complete running package. The only thing they don't have is their designs already set onto some screens. But, of course, I gave them the instructions. I gave them all of the chemicals. I gave them basically everything besides their actual designs as a, as a transfer uh, to get started. And realistically, you can make them very easily without vinyl. So, point being... They've got a complete system good to go and I've lost mine. And it was, you know, it's, I, I did keep, you know, like if you own uh, a screen printed black ink OP that I did, it was done on this screen, you know, like this is the screen that all of the fucking original uh, OPs were done on. And like, dude, I'm sorry, you can't have this. This lives with me now, you know, this is mine. This doesn't come with it. You get everything else. You probably won't use half of the shit that came with it, but you're not getting this, okay? So, besides that, um, everything else is gone and, and ready to take on a new life. And I really do wish the very best for the new owner. He's actually a previous customer and follower of Black Ink, would you believe? Um, so, it's pretty cool that he's seen it in action he knows that it works he knows that i'm not selling something that's dodgy it literally just is like hey man you're gonna like give me the money for that screen printer i'm gonna give you the screen printer you are literally going to see what that money spends in my business to progress it forward so it's it's pretty interesting to have that sort of relationship just in general with uh with my community i think actually like having people seeing what's going on with your business and because i take my business so seriously it's so fun to i mean that's cool it's cool that someone who's literally bought a shirt off me before i don't know whether it's screen printed or not but someone who's bought a, sh a shirt off me and has put my stickers up and all the rest they're like oh yeah black ink selling their screen printer i'm gonna i'm gonna buy the screen printer and as it turns out i've actually i actually know the bloke who bought it from fucking years ago we've been camping together and had a few good times together so yeah it's fucking it's just I guess the world is small, you know, and the black ink community is definitely even smaller. We're still at that steezy point where you see someone wear a black ink and you're like, oh, you know, Jake, you know, hey, you know the fucking, hey, dude, have you got this? And you know, it's cool. It's cool. I like it. And I feel like, dude, you know what? You know what? I don't even like talking like this on the podcast because I know it doesn't really fucking affect you. But just for a second, dude, I've got it. It's fucking different now. It's I made it like this is it. This is it. All right. I got more than 500 bucks in my account. I have no bills to pay and I've got exciting things going on around me. I'm in heaven. I'm excited. I don't need anything else. Okay. Now I'm going to keep going until I have everything else, until I've got everything else, until I got all the money, until I got the house and the car and the bullshit and like motorbikes. I can help my fucking community around me. I can give cool shit to my friends. I'm going to go to the ends of the earth. Why not? 
But right now, I've actually got it all. It's awesome. <laughs> like, it's a Wednesday morning and I made some cool shorts and then recorded a podcast. And later on today, I'm going to go work on my fucking Capri, my convertible that you've seen in the stories that I've been lighting up because it needs to get, you know, a tap of head gasket. So I'm just going to take the afternoon and I'm going to do that. Why? Because it's my marketing vehicle. It's all part of the business. I'm fucking, it's all here. I've done it. I've made it. Hey, mum, mum, I made it. This is what making it for me looks like right dude so i sold the screen print i got myself some money i'm looking at getting myself a new laptop because i don't have the hardware in my laptop to do the next thing that i want to do for my business and that's basically starting to really wrap my head around video editing and just getting all of my shit looking real nice real professional i just at the moment the ceiling of the quality of my video is kind of what you can do on an iphone and what i want to do is <clears throat> using Using, uh, you know, uh, using outsourced digital assets, I'm going to be able to create uh, better quality and more professional videos that can better represent black ink. And I think this is really important because while people really resonate with that kind of homemade feeling, I think the reality of where black ink is at is the growth phase is at, is at such a stage that that homemade shit is cool, but it's going to get old. Like, I don't really know too many uh, brands that are using homemade uh, homemade graphics and media to best represent their business. And that's what this is. Because at the end of the day, all of my marketing is all just having a conversation subconsciously from me to you. It's trying to express or evoke a, cer a certain emotion given the things that I'm trying to sell. And it's just like the way that we get there is obviously the determination of how effective I am at marketing. I went a really weird way about wording that, but basically what I'm saying is I want you to feel a particular way about black ink so that you're more encouraged to spend your money on it. I know that sounds really shallow, but Hey, daddy's got to eat. Okay. So say you've been following black ink for six months and you're like, Oh yeah, I get it. You live in the back of your house. Uh, you know, you work in the back of your house in your studio and re you record things as you go and you do this and you do that that gets old, you know, and I don't want this to be the setup in five years time. And if that's the case, we have to start actively making steps, little steps every day to make sure that we are progressing, that we're moving forward, that that thing in that thing in five years time, that I'm not quite sure what it exactly looks like. I know what it feels like, and it doesn't feel like it's still homemade. You know, like I do aspire to have really sharp, like, sharp representation of the brand. What I mean by sharp is it looks unbelievable. <laughs> it looks unbelievable. Yeah. And dude, that's something that I realized uh, about myself. We'll get back to the, we'll get back to the la uh, laptop in a second and the hardware, because I realized this about myself the other day. And like, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking about me all the time. I'm trying to best understand who this person is that I'm like living out their experience in this life, you know, such a stoned fucking way of explaining something. But I am trying to understand who Jake is fundamentally so that I can best gear that character to get the most out of their life moving forward. It's been said before that Black Ink is Jake Kerr and Jake Kerr is Black Ink. They're synonymous with each other and that when I say black ink, I'm actually referring to a part of myself, you know, and my mum really, really agrees with that. And I tend to agree with my mum. So thinking about that, because I'm always trying to, if you can understand what your business is, 
If you can understand what you are, it's a lot easier to market and it's a lot easier to sell the product. It's extremely hard to know what anything is though. Believe it or not, you know, like there are massive companies that hire people for millions and millions of dollars for them to figure out at a core level what their business is, who they are, what they do, so that they can use that information to best push themselves, right? So I, I was trying to think, you know, and like I have, a, I have a plethora of experience in competition and in sports. I have some, competi- uh, some experience in business and I have a fair amount of uh, experience as someone who was employed by someone or, you know, as an employee where I'm taking orders and all the rest. And I looked at all the jobs that I've had and I realized that the customer-based jobs that I've had are the ones that I felt the most fulfilled because those customers gave you an immediate feedback as to the product that you're offering or the service that you're presenting or even the way that you're uh, giving yourself to that situation. A customer will tell you like, oh, the coffee was great. You know, like, oh, you're on time. Oh, it's great to see you. Whereas where I'm driving a truck and you've got 12 hours per shift, you've got about 30 seconds or a minute in those 12 hours where someone's going to be watching you and really fucking caring as to whether or not you're doing the job or not. And understand, they're not looking to see if you're doing a good job. They're just checking to make sure that you're not fucking up, right? And you've got about 30 seconds. Sometimes you'll even get like half an hour of that where there might be a couple of supervisors standing around smoking cigarettes and you just happen to be in the same area and they're watching you, you know? And I always knew that when I was driving the truck and someone was around, I'd try and impress them. You know, and you think, well, how can you impress someone driving a truck? Well, when you're around other truck drivers, it's actually really easy, you know, because if you're driving a fucking full <coughs> road range of gearbox and you're cruising past them and it sounds like an automatic, that is swinging your dick, my friend. That is a flex on the old school saying, hey, I'm 20 something and you can't hear my transitions and my left foot is up on the seat. You know why? Because homeboy doesn't use the clutch. Oh, oh, daddy doesn't use the clutch. Doesn't even think about it. That's what's up, right? But it wasn't about the clutch, it wasn't about the truck, it was about the reaction, the response, the performance. It was about doing something and being recognized for it. But when I correlate that information with how I used to act when I was a kid in sport, because the thing about being a kid is there's two things going on. You're genuinely being yourself, and then the older that you get, you're trying to in a genuine way, you're trying to, well, this is my experience and I've found that it tends to be the common theme among teenagers especially, is you're experimenting with your character, figuring out exactly what you are by determining exactly what you're not, okay? Now, you a, a way to display this would be, think of uh, you know someone who's going through an emo phase or they're going through a punk phase or they're going through... Uh, you know, oh, I'm someone who goes to the beach all the time phase, or maybe they've just gone out, you know, they see me riding a push bike, so now they're going to go ride a push bike all the time phase, you know. I think one thing that I always gravitated towards when I was going through all these, you know, experimental characters within Jake is that I really liked the front, the arriving, you know, I liked walking in the door and being like, yeah, I'm wearing this. Yeah, I'm doing this with my hair. Yeah, I speak like this now. Yeah, I use this word for cool instead of, you know, like just that sort of stuff, right? I I always appreciated the flex, right? But one thing that I figured out very young, (laughs) 
is the flex has to be for a reason. If it's empty, right? If you're going to rock up and be the guy with like, uh, let me think of a good analogy. Let me follow up that one. It's not the best analogy, but it does explain what I want to say. Like, you know, if you're going through, uh, you know, if you're going to be like a goth, you know, and you're going to fucking wear black clothes and do that, then I need you to paint your nails. I need you to listen to screamo music. I need you literally like, hey, and it's a given that you're wearing like the fucking black rip shirt with the black tight jeans and black shoes. And maybe you've dyed your hair black and you've got the emo fringe. Like, I need you to go all the way, dude. I need you to think negative thoughts for months at a time before you decide to not be goth, just to make sure that you're definitely not goth, right? That's really important. Don't half-ass a shit. You have to fully, completely commit to it. And that commitment, if you do it for long enough, becomes genuine so that you're not acting like a goth anymore. You are goth. Now, I didn't go through a goth stage, okay? I'm too cool for that shit. The point is that whatever I did, I realized if I half-assed it, it didn't feel good even if people said it did, right? If they Sorry, it didn't feel good even if people said it did look good. Oh, you know, like I really like you with the blonde dreadlocks and shit. I'm like, yeah, but this isn't fucking me, dude. I feel like a weirdo at the moment. I don't feel like me. It's like, you know, as well, you know, intuitively that it's not like you can grow into this feeling of like, oh yeah, maybe I am the guy who enjoys constant headaches because of these, you know, uh, fucking dreadlocks. Maybe that is me. Maybe I do want to get them full of sand. You just know, you know, and you know, because if you experiment enough, like if you're actually genuinely trying to collect data about yourself, you start to realize like, oh, that did feel good. I can quite easily lean into that and it's effortless. You know, this thing over here is like, oh, man, I'm only doing half an effort and it's already too much. I don't fucking care about this shit, dude. Fuck that noise. You know, and there's a thing. I learned that 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 means of impressing someone had to be so true and integral and genuine that when people appreciated it, you could lean into it and be like, I'm the motherfucker. I'm the dude. Yeah, that's right. This does look shit hot, doesn't it? You know, because... It's a full fucking system. You're like, yeah, I'm putting in this effort. I'm being a version of me that I like and people are receiving it really well. Now, this is the thing. Like I used to say all the time, I'm sick of seeing these brands that have got between zero and 2000 followers and they've got nine posts on their page and they made one or two fucking designs and they put those designs on the shirts and then all of these posts are uh, very fucking obvious like photo shoots that they've done where they're like, you know, like, oh, go stand over there. And like, you you know, the pose where they're like, and the cameraman's over there and they're like, or maybe it's a back print. And then they do something like, you know, like just very, oh yeah, over the shoulder, but not looking at the camera. Like, bro, what are you fucking, (laughs) I was going to say, are you new to the game? Yeah, you're new to the game. Anyway. And then the other few posts are just of them, but fucking uh, making, so it's not even of them. That's the thing. They don't even add character to their brand. They make it all about the clothes themselves. Like, what are you selling? You think that you think that people are just going to look at your clothes and be like, that's so fucking cool. I want to wear the clothes. Sorry, the only people who are doing that are the people who love you and care about you and want to see you, you know, do well for the next 10 minutes or whatever. Anyway, the point about that is you're not fully delivering fucking anything. If it was that easy, like if you actually think your shit is that hot that it's just going to sell out, if you think it's that easy, everyone would be doing it, right? 
Dude, do you know why you know about Black Ink? Because I've been doing shit that no one wants to do. Because I've been rocking up every day. Because I've been consistent and resilient. I'm a bad dude. That's why. This shit of like... More to the point, sorry. (laughs) More to the point that I'm making. It's that I am doing the thing genuinely. And I'm giving you something whole. I'm not saying like, oh, here's a couple cool garments. Go buy them off my website. I buy them off my big cartel because I can't figure out how to make a website. Dude... I'm giving you the whole package of what black ink is. I'm adding physical elements into my society so that I can build organic community. I'm embedding myself into situations so that black ink naturally exists in the background of things so that by the time it comes to buying a black ink shirt, you've already heard about me a thousand times. You already know what the vibe is. You already know it's got something to do with skating or riding or motorbikes or events or Bunbury. Like you have some fucking idea of what's going on because I'm giving you a whole genuine package to digest. And I can stand by that. You know, I can put my nuts to the breeze and be proud of what's going on because A, we've learned that I like to flex. B, it's genuine. I don't have to hide behind it. It's not like, oh yeah, it's super cool. Just don't tell anyone that I used to sell dick pics on an OnlyFans account, all right? Which, by the way, true, only adds character to the brand. All good, genuine, still going. See what I mean? That's what's up. Now, look, the point of this was... Good point. The point of this was, I realized that about myself the other day, and it doesn't really help right now, but it does help that long conversation that I'm having with myself. Because... Sometimes I feel like a dickhead, like I'm being cocky. Like maybe people don't want to listen to what I've got to say. Maybe I just take myself too seriously. I'm a narcissist. But it's not the case. There are people in this world who like to perform. And there are people in this world who like to consume. And it just so turns out that I'm a performer. And I like doing it. But the means by which I perform have to be done in a genuine way. I have to be serious about what I'm saying. And I have to believe in the product that I'm selling. And if I can figure that out, well, shit, the rest is history, isn't it? Mum's a word. So, look, I need a new laptop, and that's just the case. Because if I'm going to do this video editing software, if I sorry, if I'm going to do this video editing, the software that I need requires a lot more processing ability from my computer. Now, I've been running a MacBook Air for the past three years. Okay, Black Ink, the business Black Ink, is entirely built up off an iPhone 11, which is recording me on its front camera right now with a little lapel mic plugged in, a MacBook Air, and a fucking heap of belief in myself, right? So now it's time to add to this collection of equipment that I've got. Obviously, that has turned into the vinyl cutter and printer. We got the heat press. We got multiple bits and pieces for um, garment decorating. And just like, you know, strangely enough, the equipment that I use the most of is effective desks. As a creator, and like I think at a base level, that's what's actually going on with Black Ink. That's what's actually going on in my life. Like if you asked what my job title is, it is creator within Black Ink because I have to constantly create physical things, solutions to problems, uh, ideas. I'm constantly building something most of the time from nothing or from a few basic elements and coming up with solutions that hopefully allow me to make money or help other businesses make money. And I find that having really good amounts of table space and clear whiteboards to get ideas that come to you in a flash, to get them out, you know, they are the most effective pieces of equipment. But, I mean, 
if you ask me honestly, like, hey, Jake, what's more effective than a whiteboard and a table? I'd say a MacBook Pro. A MacBook Pro, that's right. So I've got a MacBook Air at the moment that has to really fucking hold its breath to process some of the files that I do in Photoshop and Illustrator. Putting video editing software on there would be like putting a fucking, you know, it'd be like putting Shaq in a Suzuki Swift and being like, this is your everyday car now. He's like, yeah, sure. I can get to Coles, but I can't get out of the car, right? And that's exactly what would happen on my laptop. I can download the software. I can do a little, you know, if it's a little clip or something, like a 15-second clip, sure, I can do it. If, if I wanted to edit a, a podcast, a 45-minute podcast on there, hey, it would take me longer to process that file than what it does to record the 45-minute podcast. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? That's not, I can't, right? And also, I don't want to just manage. This is the thing. Like, I'm, I'm actually at a, a point in my business now where... To be honest with you, like I have managed, I have managed, I've, I've made do with what I've got. And that's always been the mantra. Don't worry about the best possible outcome. Just worry about the best possible outcome with exactly what you've got. So if you've only got $10 to spend on this product, then figure out a way to most effectively use that $10. I'm now at a point where I can say, regardless of the financial contribution that we need, just ask yourself, what is the best possible solution to this problem? What answers all the most amount of problems or what answers the most amount of questions that you can possibly think of and then figure out a way to attain the money for that. Now, to be honest with you, a MacBook Pro isn't the best solution for all of the problems, but it, it does answer the majority of them. So now I'm thinking, well, let's get the MacBook that does the job times two. Let's make sure that this thing doesn't need to be replaced for at least a year or two or three. Now, real quietly, and I don't like even saying it out loud because it tends to jinx these sort of things, you know? Even the screen printing, you know? I knew that the bloke was coming around to buy it for four days. I didn't tell my mum, didn't tell my dad. I told Larissa, of course, because, you know, tell her everything. Hey, I tell her my dreams, right? I don't mean aspirations. I mean literal dreams that I have in my head while I'm asleep. <clears throat> Last night was so scary. Anyway, I knew for four days that he was coming around to buy that. I couldn't tell anyone because I knew as soon as I told him, that dude's going to bail out. Dude, he'll probably fucking get hit by a car or something, you know? I can't tell anyone. Regardless, I had a friend hit me up the other day and it was literally the day before I was meant to take my Mac in for a service, which I didn't know computers need servicing. Did you know computers need servicing? Like a car? Like a car needs servicing. Computers need servicing. So I told him I'm taking him for a service. He's like, bro, I'm literally a Mac technician. Don't take your computer to get service. All they do is they blow out the back with an air compressor and they go through your files and shit. I'll do it right, right, right here, right now for you. And I was like, hey, fucking take your pants off and prove it, bro. So he did. We didn't do the laptop, but he took his pants off. So that was pretty cool. And he said, I've actually got a computer at home, a MacBook Pro. Oh, you know the rest of the story. I don't even need to tell you. You know the rest of the story. He said I could have it for a for a pretty good price. So now we're just trying to fucking there's a little there's another little element involved now. So we're just trying to wrangle past that and figure out see if we can figure it out. But fingers crossed. Cross your fingers. Did you do it? Do it. Thank you. I have a new laptop. Have a new MacBook Pro. Man, by the end of the week, wouldn't that be nice? It's Wednesday now. It'll be Thursday by the time you're listening to this. So by Friday night, say our prayers. Hopefully, I've got a new MacBook Pro. 
because your boy's already paid for the subscription to get Premiere off Adobe. Why? Because I was spending $60 a month on fucking... Oh, dude, this is so annoying. I thought I was only spending $30 a month for um, Photoshop and Illustrator. No, dude. I have two separate subscriptions. One of them is for Photoshop and one of them is for Illustrator. And they both individually cost $30 each. So I was spending $60 a month for these two things after I thought I had outsmarted Adobe and had both of them on the one plan for the one cost. Turns out they outsmarted me, dude. They didn't even need a person to do it. They did it with a bot. They outsmarted this pink hat wearing motherfucker on day one and have just been fucking me 200% of what I thought I've been paying for like 18 months now. And that's fine, but what the fuck? So, turns out their full like plan where you can just get all of the apps and a hundred a hundred gig on their cloud storage or fucking who uses cloud storage? You know what I mean? Like who? So, seventy two dollars plus all your fucking tax and all that. It's eighty bucks a month. I'm thinking right for an extra twenty dollars on what I'm already spending, I can have everything in the Adobe package where realistically I only need Premiere. So I figured out that if you have Premiere, Illustrator and Photoshop, which are all programs within Adobe, by the way, they all have their specific uses. It's gonna cost me $90. So I may as well just pay $80 and get the full fucking dude. Anyway, so I've gone ahead and purchased that. So I basically need to get a laptop so I can start justifying the extra $19.99 I'm spending per month on having this software for video editing. I've also gone ahead and got myself a subscription to another website that that lets you have unlimited downloads of digital assets, which I'm not even going to get into because the majority of people don't understand what that actually means. But it's basically like having a subscription to McDonald's and just being an obese fat fuck who eats McDonald's all the time. And McDonald's are like, yeah, so for 30 bucks a month, you can just rock up and have whatever you want, whenever you want it, pretty much. And there's no terms and conditions or like, you don't have to, you know, all good, you know? And you're like, oh, so, okay. So just say I rocked up on Friday night and I got 50, 50 Big Mac meals, right? And they're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, cool. So then, but then I went home and then I came back again and say I wanted like 50 Sundays. And they'd be like, yeah, as long as you paid your 30 bucks for the month, that's fine. And it's like, okay. So every day I come here and I get a kilo of chips I don't even get you put it in a bag. I, I just get like, I bring a bucket in and I get you fry up a kilo of chips you put in there and I just take that bucket home. They're like, mm-hmm. as long as you got your subscription. Yeah, sure. That's what this is. Dude, some of the, oh, I don't even want to get started on it. You know what? Just honestly, get in your time machine and go forward three months and look at the content that I'm producing. That all came from what I'm talking about right now. Okay. It's literally going to impress you so much. You're going to start dribbling out. Do you understand? You're going to, hey, you're going to look down. You're going to be like, oh no, I dribbled. Okay. That's what's going to happen. Why? Got that subscription to McDonald's. Okay. But dude, plenty of exciting shit happening at Black Ink right now. I've had what you would call an emotional, hmm, what would you call it? I've been struggling a little bit, you know, because your boy has the perfect life, freedom, opportunity, good looks, big dick. But man, just been sad lately. And I, it's funny because sometimes I have to like stop and just go, hey man, like I had a conversation yesterday. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about what, what the results of the conversation were. You know why? Because if I told you, you wouldn't fucking believe me, okay? I had a conversation yesterday where I just, I threw a question out into the ether and the response that I got literally blew my head off my shoulders. Blew it off. 
It blew it off so high. I remember as my head left my body, my eyes looked down into the four big holes that are there. Each of them have their own purpose. And I could see brilliance leaking out. Okay? This conversation was amazing. So I had to have a moment yesterday where I was like, in reflection, I'm like, hey, what do we do today? Because I'm feeling shitty. You know what I mean? Like I'm walking around. I got on my underwear and a singlet and fucking Crocs. I'm wearing a pair of glasses inside by myself, smoking a herb cigarette. <laughs> How do I come up with this shit? But no, I was sad and I wasn't sad. I was just, you know, I was, I was just thinking about it. And I thought, you know, that conversation, most people don't send the first message. You send the first message. It's okay. You know what I mean? Good job. Pat on the back. But that person said yes. That person said yes. You asked them something crazy. And they said yes. And now something really fucking cool is going to happen. And you guys are going to see this thing. It's to do with my business. Okay? And it's happening very soon. It's crazy. People are going to see it and be like, how the fuck did he do that? Because when I think about it, I think, how the fuck did he do that? Amen. I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps and say, you know what? Fuck being sad. Think about what you did. Do the thing. You know? And I know right now, you know, you've just watched me say about four and a half million words in what, 53 minutes. So you think, oh no, he's all good. To be honest with you, I've recorded episode 99 three times. Three times. And three times I've looked at it and been like, you complain the whole time, dude. And it's because it's how I'm actually feeling, you know? And I'm not saying that I'm lying by being positive right now and being full of energy and happy and excited to tell you things. I am. But I'm also just a human doing human shit. And I don't know, maybe I'm saying this just to, you know, give that layer of transparency. I'm still like, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the thing and I'm having fun and I'm living my best life. And I said before earlier in the podcast, I've got everything. I really do. But everything comes with the other side of the spectrum as well. And you have to remember that. Well, I have to remember that, I guess. Dude. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I full stole that out of the fridge. That's Larissa's. By the way, do you like my hat? I'm looking like the sort of dude that your dad said to stay away from, hey? You know? Dude, no one should be wearing a pink bucket hat at my age. Okay? Okay? It's simple. It's... (laughs) Right, but yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be slapping something cool on the front of these very soon. I got these. Oh, dude, I've actually got a little selection. Look at this. You got the Davy Six. Oh, that six panel salmon. Is that a that is that's a salmon color. Oh, that's gonna hurt your feelings, isn't it? Can you imagine when we've got a cool little embroidered in there? Oh, oh, get the towel, get the towel. All right. Oh yeah, and of course we all know the fucking. We got these paparinos. Now, I'm only going to do like six of these bad boys because the cold weather is starting to leave us. By the way, look like... Oi, oi, you know what I look like? I look like the dude who dobbed me grew up. If I didn't have a beard and tattoos and this beautiful mane of long hair, this is... I'm that guy. You know what I mean? Maybe a few like pimples in here like... Yes, one time I told on this kid who brought a pocket knife to school and then he hit it. So I got in trouble instead. (laughs) You know? I just don't suit beanies. That's a point that I'm making. And of course, classic, get this bullshit out. The classic El Black Yo, which I'm going to have. These bad boys, I'm going to have embroidered. Look, dude, I fucking suit black. You understand? I'm going through my emo phase right now. I'm going to start smoking cigarettes, paint my toenails, you know? Dude, I remember one time I walked into such cokehead energy, hey? 
I walked into into the bar. <laughs> I remember I walked into the bar downstairs. My mum actually instantly knows what I'm talking about here. And I reference my mum all the time on the podcast because in reality, that's the only person that I record this podcast for, right? And I had my nails painted, whatever color they were, probably some gay shit. And I go down there and, uh, you know, I'm like real proud about like putting my nails on the counter, you know, like, oh, oh, what's this right? Oh, what's this right? Oh, what's that right there? Oh, oh, what is that right there? Huh? Oh, um, oh, sorry. Can I, can I borrow your, um, can I borrow your thing here, please? Look at my nails. So I remember I had them painted all weird colors and my dad's mate like looked down at the nails and like I saw all this happen. He looked down the nails and then he looked at my dad and he looked at me and he looked back at my dad and he goes, sorry, mate. And I think about that all the time, you know, I just, I fucking <laughs> drives me crazy, you know, just apologizing to my dad because he was assuming that I'm gay, you know? Oh man. Oh man. I'd love to drop my nuts in his mouth, you know, cause I'm gay. That's what gay dudes do. I'm guessing is suck on each other's nuts, right? Because, hey. It's not even about me being gay or not. It's about you being a fucking good man, right? Now, regardless of who I want to fuck, and regardless of... And also, just to elaborate, me painting my nails, that was a version of me. That was me experimenting on what part of my character that I want to really fucking be when I get older, right? You don't know that at the time. But as I as I explained earlier, you do this. As a, as a person growing up, you experiment with these different characters that you portray for periods of your uh, of time in your life and you figure out what works and what doesn't and what feels right and what feels not right. And I was figuring out that painting my nails doesn't feel right. And I still have thoughts now about painting my nails and I go, you know what? In reality, I create shit all the time. I bite my nails. Like I just, it, I really don't have time to be painting my nails and I really don't have the energy or the bandwidth to be thinking about something like that. I appreciate it. I like seeing guys that paint their nails. Sometimes I think about sucking on their nuts, you know, because apparently I'm gay. But more to the point, wouldn't it just have been nice to be like, oh, nice nails, man. You can even add a little bit of sarcasm in there, but to apologize for my dad because you think I'm gay, suck on my nuts. Oh, dude, man's too old to even understand what a podcast is, so I'm pretty sure we'll never hear this anyway, but if anyone knows him, pass on the message, all right? Superclip that, pass on the message, all good. But look, guys, thanks for joining me. I've gone way over time. I've had heaps of fun recording this today, and you know what? It might have taken four times recording the 99th podcast, but as a team, we fucking got there, and I appreciate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe my shit. Go onto my social medias, you know, subscribe and sign up and follow and friend everything. Just do the right thing. Show me some love. Maybe buy some shit off my website because I'm putting in the work for you babies. Anyway, be good to your mum because I am fucking out. Eeyah!